0: Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Deanna Rose. She is the owner and founder of Wealth by Deanna Rose Incorporated. How are you doing today, Deanna?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Brad. It's such an honor to to be here and have this conversation with you.
0: Actually, the pleasure and the honor is all mine, Deanna. I know you and I have been trying to connect to get this done. This is the third time, and as they say, <laughs> third time is a charm. So, Here we are getting this done finally. I'm so honored and happy to have you here today. And I appreciate you and I appreciate you taking the time to be here and share a bit about your story and your journey with us today. So let's jump right in. So Deanna, you are a naturopathic doctor. You have your BA in psychology. You have worked as a counselor who worked with adolescents who were dealing with addiction, people who were HIV positive, mental health issues. And as mentioned, you're also the founder of Wealth by Deanna Rose that is one hell of an extensive resume you have there. With all that you have going on, how do you find the time and how do you prioritize and organize?
1: That's a really, really great question. And you got, I mean, you got all the backgrounds there. So (laughs) thank you so much for, you know, integrating all that into a question. Definitely. And this is something that I, you know, I I practice myself and also I really preach it to my clients and I really make sure that I integrate this into my client's plan. You know, it's, and I, I think everyone, should really do this is to prioritize themselves and what I say is be selfish to be selfless because so many people and especially as you know high achievers as entrepreneurs as people who really want to make an impact in this world they are very selfless people but we can't be selfless if we don't be selfish we have to be able to fill our own cups we have to be able to give you know we can't really give if we don't receive if we're not willing to receive and I think that's what a lot of people haven't really you know been able to fully embrace and also you know really have some sort of anchoring point on a daily basis and that's what I try to do is morning rituals evening rituals really having those anchoring points during the day to to fill your own cup be able to refill so you can give and then refill again on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, if that's something that you need. So uh, most definitely, you know, to, to make sure that I'm selfish with myself, so I can be selfless with other people. And one more thing in terms of organization uh, of time is, I don't know if people have heard of this. I personally think this is something that's very common, but when I speak to people, they're not so aware of it as the big rock, small rock, and the sand is in terms of organization on a daily basis, you can do this weekly, monthly, annually as well, is make sure that you put in the big rocks first. So your big rocks are your projects, your really important projects, that you want to complete and mm-hmm. then your smaller rocks so you know less task projects that take less priority but you still want to complete them with a certain right. period of time and then your sand of course is the last thing that you fill in so imagine a jar you're not going to fill in the sand because your big rocks are not going to be able to fill. Right. So you want to put in the big things the small things and lastly the sand which are the more of the the minor things that you you fill at the end
0: Mm-hmm. I love that way of looking at things. That's great. That's a great way to look at things and and prioritize for sure. Mhm. So, let's talk a bit about your work as a counselor. Was this your first passion or love seeing as when you got to like to school and got a psych degree? Was this was that what you really had your heart set on and your mind set on doing as a career?
1: Yeah, totally. I'll tell you a really quick and funny story actually. I love the mind. I've always loved the brain. And I also, and this sounds a little bit morbid, but I love cutting things open, especially flesh. Yeah. I don't know where I got this from. So <laughs> I remember when I was a child, I, one day I told my mom and I was like, you know, I really want to be a neurosurgeon wow. because it, you know, there's the brain and there's a the cutting yeah. things open component is the perfect career. <laughs> and you'd think she'd be very proud, right? You think yeah. that she'd be very supportive. And she goes, why don't you just be a butcher? So much easier. <laughs> So, you know, that was like a a bit of a turn off for me. Anyways, I didn't, of course, I didn't end up being a neurosurgeon. But my fascination with the mind actually came from my uncle, who's my my dad's younger brother. So he suffered from schizophrenia when he was 19. And he's, he's still alive, but you know, because I moved to Canada when I was in my teenage years and we kind of, you know, because of the distance, we haven't really been able to develop a relationship. But when I was younger, we were very, very close and I, we used to visit him with my family, uh, at mental health hospital he was at. So there was, you know, a lot of mental health issues around in my life. And I personally went through a lot of mental health issues myself. Okay. So... That's always been a huge part of my life, and really wanted to go into psychology, clinical psychology, and that's why I did my degree in psychology. and And of course, this opportunity to work for the provincial government of BC came around right after I graduated, so I jumped on it. And yes, to answer your question, a super long way and winded ways, it was most definitely my first passion, and still, still my passion till this yeah. day. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. So did you find it hard to not bring your work home with you? And how did you deal with that so that you, you do your best to not do that?
1: It was really hard in the beginning, to be honest. And because When I first entered my line of work, I was very young. I think I was the youngest person at my full-time job when I started working with mental health issues, with some murders as well, uh, addiction issues. So uh, pretty hard, tough subjects. But because, I think because of the experience I had when I was a child, some really rough patches when I was a child. So I think that really toughened me up. And you know what they say, everything in life happens for a reason. Yeah. And, you know, when I went into this line of work, I was so passionate about it and none of it turned me off. I I don't even think that's the right word to to use, but none of it, I think, scared me and it made me more passionate. It made me more compassionate towards the human experience. And I think what really shifted for me was when I started to do a lot more self-reflection, yeah. A lot more work on myself. And that's when I started realizing, you know, everyone's messed up and I'm messed up too. You know, everyone's messed up. We in all are ways. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that was when I shifted from a sense of pity, you know, it went looking at the people that I work with, you know, feeling a sense of pittiness towards them. And that then shifted over to compassion that shifted over to empathy. And, and when that started turning around, it's, I start looking at things rather than saying, oh, I feel so bad for this person. I start looking at it as in, why is this person in my life right now? How is that experience benefiting me at this point? How is that person teaching me a lesson? And, and why is this person in my life at this time in this setting? So a lot of that start, you know, turning into life lessons and start really teaching me. You know my my life path almost. I felt you know a little selfish. It's like oh I'm here and you're helping me out, but I'm getting paid to help you.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and you know that really shifted for me. And from there onwards, I wasn't really bringing their so called negative experience home. It was more so of me benefiting from that experience and really growing from it. If, right. if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. You are no longer counseling, I'm going to assume. You're not working in that in that field anymore, right?
1: I wouldn't say that I, I advertise it as that, but okay. everything I do with my clients is very much mindset work. Right. Because I mean, as you know, it's you know, it's everything starts from the mind, even yes. if you're changing your eating habits, it starts from the mind. So yeah. all of that I, I still integrate into my practices in my business. Even when I talk to, you know, friends, people come to me for advice, and all of that is, is mindset. All of that is counseling, right? It's, yeah. And, and every single person does this on a daily basis, I'd say.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So working in that world, you as mentioned previously, you are also, you hold the title of naturopathic doctor. So did you transition kind of out of that specific area of work, counseling troubled youth and whatnot, into naturopathic medicine?
1: Yeah, totally. So, And what inspired what, that? So what really changed for me was, I, I think, you know... I went through a very naive period. I mean, I I think I'm still naive in certain ways, but I went through a naive period where I I figured, you know, if I just sit there and listen to people, everything's going to be okay. I can help this person. I can turn their life around. Everything's great. And everyone approaches things from a very loving and kind place. And when I started on my job, I realized that there were certain people who really didn't care about the work they were doing. They were there just to collect a paycheck. And before i I personally experienced that, I just thought you know it's i didn't really think it was a real thing and But when I personally experienced it, I realized that there are certain people who were just really there to drift through life rather than really trying to make an impact in the world yeah. and and there was a lot of you know different issues that was going on, but what really made me change my career was the type of or rather the quality of treatment the uh, patients were receiving, or the clients were receiving at these facilities that I was working at. The food was really, really bad. No nutritious content and or you know it just it, it was not helpful to the kind of treatment they were receiving they were not receiving the, the right type of attention so there's a lot of different things going on they were not exercising properly they were not taught how to you know think differently they were not ha- taught how to for example things that really make a difference like meditate breath work things that are really fundamental to the human health yeah. or rather shifting their mindset so and the, so that's when i started looking elsewhere because I, and I was 20, I was 23 or 24 at the time. So I looked, you know, down the path and I was like, I don't see myself living and working at this job for the rest of my life. So I started looking into different, you know, A path to continue to help people and that's when i found naturopathic medicine and i think that's when things when naturopathic medicine still wasn't that popular right and i really start looking into you know the values and and some of the principles of naturopathic medicine and i felt that really aligned with my mission and what i really wanted to do to help people so that's when i stopped on my job as a counselor and then that's when i transitioned to uh, naturopathic medicine
0: okay so Looking at medicine, we've got, I guess, two schools of thought here. You've got naturopathic or your typical Western medicine route. So why did you choose naturopathic over your typical Western medicine route?
1: Yeah, a really well, good question. So when it comes to Western medicine, and I'm not trying to put you know Western medicine down or anything, right. I think is amazing when it comes to emergencies, when it comes to acute care. But what naturopathic medicine does is it really integrates traditional medicine. Every, when you, you know, when everyone talks about traditional medicine, they think is the Western medicine. But Western medicine hasn't been around for that long. Traditional medicine is referring to, you know, things in, you know, in ancient China, ancient, you know, Ayurvedic medicine, ancient, you know, uh, native American medicine so things that are have been around for thousands of years yeah and naturopathic medicine really integrates the you know traditional chinese medicine a little bit of ayurvedic medicine we do things like acupuncture massage nutrition and a whole entire profile of different things to make sure that we are addressing the root cause of the issue so let's say you know you have a headache in terms of western medicine you go to your doctor they're like okay you have a uh, you have a headache let me give you some painkillers yeah whereas you go see a naturopathic doctor they're gonna say okay you have a headache let's look at you know what is not what is not happy in your body basically what is out of balance in your body what kind of headache is it and how can we treat it first of all but also prevent it in the future how can we bring your body back to balance rather than just patching up the symptom. So it's really allowing your body to essentially is bring your, your body back to balance and really helping your body to go back to a state where it is in that powerful in that baseline where, you know, you feel amazing all the time because yeah. as humans, you know, a, a baby comes out of the mother and it's in perfect condition. Yeah. Or most babies, rather. Yes. And, you know, we didn't have to give it a pill or do something to this baby. This, As humans, we have everything we need to operate in perfect condition. And it's only usually when things are out of balance, when disease start happening, symptoms start happening. And those are usually just signs of the body is things aren't in a state of balance where things aren't, you know, the, the way that they should be. Right. So all we need to do is help the body go back to that state and help the body function in a way that we were born to be. Right. I I hope that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we could do an entire podcast episode on Western medicine versus naturopathic (laughs) medicine. There's lots of caveats there that we could get into and discuss. Do you think that naturopathic medicine has kind of started to catch on and catch more people's attention and more people are moving to that route versus Western medicine? I mean, as you said, you go to the doctor, you have something wrong. Oh, here, here's a pill. You got to take this medication. You got to take that medication. I honestly think doctors a lot of them are just legal pill pushers. That's it. <laughs> right? So, yeah. Do you think that people are starting to for lack of a better term awaken to the naturopathic route versus western medicine because of that I, type of thing?
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. Again, I think that's a really good, good question and really good observation is and I think part of it is I think people want to live a higher quality life. And this is something that I always say is I want to live long and I want to die young. Yeah, I want to live until let's say I'm 75. But I want to die in a body that is functional.
2: Yeah,
0: I
1: don't want to sit in a wheelchair for 30 years of my life and live until I'm 126.
0: Exactly.
1: There's no point of me being useless to the world. No, That's not quality of life exactly and i think that's what people are starting to realize right is they don't feel good in their body especially with the type of food we're eating with a lifestyle a lot of north americans are adapting these days is not the best type of practice for our bodies to operate in and obviously with you know a lot of more information coming out with a lot more people advocating for prevention maintenance rather than doing you know reactive things like popping pills being proactive
0: instead of reactive
1: exactly exactly so most definitely yes yes for sure there's that shift
0: so i want to talk now about wealth so you as mentioned you're the founder and owner of wealth spelt W E L L T H. I love the name by the way. <laughs> Thank can you, you. share I didn't
2: come with, up with us? With it.
0: <laughs> can, can you share with us a bit about the mission and focus of your company?
1: Yeah, totally. So, the mission is to own your health and find a home in your body. And the reason why I started the company is because growing up, I hated my body. I was nobody can can tell, but I grew up as a really chubby, overweight kid. And I hated myself. I hated my body. I was so uh, not confident and really lacked self-esteem. So I didn't feel at home in my body at all. And when I got older, I was doing quick fixes. I, you know, crash diets, all these different things. Rather than, you know, bring my body back to a state of balance, I was basically almost punishing myself in an indirect way. So the reason why I started the company is... I want people to feel happiness, true happiness and, and feel really healthy, feel at home in their bodies so they can experience the abundance of life. They can really feel that, you know, happiness, no matter where they go, they can be confident in their own body, in their own mind, no matter where they go. And ultimately I believe that every single person, just like the selves in our body, Each person on this planet is like a cell to the planet as a whole. And doesn't matter what we do, we contribute to the health of the world and the health of everyone else's lives. And butterfly effect is the thing, you know, ripple effect is the thing is when we're happy, the world is happier. Our communities are happier and we're much healthier as, as humans. And that's why I started Wealth is because, you know, I want everyone to be happy and I want everyone to be able to live their purpose.
0: Yeah. Life. Mm-hmm. So you help people through health and wellness coaching. You said you, you incorporate counseling into your sessions with your clients. Mm-hmm. It's nutrition based as well, right? You help them with totally. nutrition and whatnot as well. So it's a very well-rounded coaching business. I mean, Again, I love the name wealth. It's and your health is your wealth. Exactly. I love it. The work you're doing is so important. I love it.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you. The person who started Mind Body Green actually coined the term wealth. I can't take any credit for it, and that's why (laughs) I could not register my company just under wealth. I had to say wealth by Deanna Rose. Okay. So he is a genius who came up with it, and I absolutely fell in love with the term. And I completely agree. Your health is your wealth. Without our health, you know, what is money for? Yeah, you can't exactly. Buy, can't buy your health.
0: That's right. How long ago did you start wealth, Deanna?
1: About two years ago now. Two
0: years ago? Okay. It's,
1: yeah, it's been two years. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can you yeah. share a bit about the process of onboarding your client? Like what is a typical onboarding of a client process for you? How does that work?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I always screen my clients because okay. I want to make sure that I'm the right person for them. Right. In terms of what I do, where their needs are and what their goals are. But also another thing is, you know, I think energetically Everyone has energetic matches and if we don't really match energetically, I don't think, you know, the person's receptive to my help, then, you know, there's really no point of them wasting their money and us wasting our times. So there's always that interview process where I look at what their needs are, their goals and and such. And after that, we have a very well-rounded consultation session essentially is when I go over their organ systems looking at what is working what is not working especially when it comes to gut health a lot of things that i focus on is around the gut and i'm sure brad that you're so you know so knowledgeable in the health <laughs> world is your gut is your second brain yeah and your gut is so intelligent and everything we eat goes through this this poor thing that you know has to process everything so gut health is a, a huge component of What I do nutrition of course supplements if they need it and we also look at people's habits so their lifestyle habits plays a huge role in you know how people live their life and the quality of life they live and so what I focus on is burnout stress people's mental clarity and energy so habits plays a huge role in you know those areas as well and exercise of course I used to be a swimmer and then transition over to strength and conditioning coaching. So fitness is a huge component. So we also go over their fitness routines okay. and we also look at their detoxification system, look at the overall inflammation in the body. And then we of course look at their mindset as well. So right. that's a huge component is because we all have had trauma, whether that's a little T trauma, big T trauma, we <laughs> all have had trauma. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people are like, no, I had a really great childhood. But the thing is, you know, It's really interesting how people really perceive trauma, even at a very young age. And I've actually had a client who told me, you know, I was so traumatized when I was in kindergarten. This kid pushed me and he took my toy. And that has been ingrained in in this person's mind for, you know, the rest of their life. Yeah. So whether or not is, you know, you know, it's something that everyone recognizes as, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. That's so traumatic or something so minor as, you know, a kid took your toy, right? It really makes an impact on how people continue to live their life and the choices we make for however many years to come. So we really look at definitely their, their, you know, their, their trauma. And, and from there onwards, we do weekly sessions. So that's usually how things
0: go. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Deanna, of all the hats you wear, do you have a favorite one, one that you enjoy doing more than the others like what lights you up
1: i think there's an underlying theme in everything is connecting with people like when yeah. we connected when you and i connected you know it's amazing because what you do is absolutely phenomenal and is life changing for a lot of people and it is meeting people like you meeting people who really you know live their purpose live their life mission, that's what lights me up and and be able to be part of that and really, you know, help people continue to live their mission, but also help them see themselves differently and really see the world differently after our interaction, after our connection and, and then, you know, help them. Feel more inspired and for them to obviously inspire me as well and, and be able to continue to impact the people around them. I think that really lights me up and, and really it's something that yeah it makes me wake up every day and, and smile <laughs> and be so grateful. <laughs>
0: there, yeah there's there's no feeling like having living your purpose and living your mission, having found that because you think about the millions upon millions of people who never do find their purpose or their mission Mm -hmm. in life. And to be able to have found that for me anyways, it it has just been incredible. And I didn't find my purpose in my mission until the last year and a half, but it is just the most incredible feeling in the world. And to also have what your mission and what your purpose is in life, give back and help Mm -hmm. others impact others, there is no feeling like it. Honestly, I think it's like winning the lottery twice.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, it's so incredible. Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. Most definitely.
0: So I want to talk a little bit about the landscape of women run businesses and women in entrepreneurship. I mean, I come from a corporate background. So For me, coming from that background, I saw a lot of women competing against one another and clawing at each other and the constant competition (laughs) among women because Mm -hmm. of what men have created in the corporate world in terms of not having enough seats for women at the table in these corporations and this whole 1940s old boys club mentality that's been created. And the fact that that still exists in 2021 fucking boggles my mind that it's still there. But I think that we are starting to see a bit of a shift in mindset with a lot more women. What are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses?
1: I think women, I mean, you know this already because you have this podcast, but um, I think women are freaking powerful. Yeah. But when I say that, I don't mean women are better than men. I think, you know, with like you what you mentioned is the old school, you know, the boys club mentality, it really made women, I think, really suppressed for so long, and the gender role has been ingrained in people for so long, and I call myself, I mean, I don't really openly call myself a feminist because I think there's so much negative connotation to it in terms of how people choose to interpret that word but when i say you know feminism i mean men and women are equals yeah i think you know we're all human men and women are equally powerful but we have very different strengths and weaknesses
2: for sure and
1: I think men, because they've dominated, you know, the working market professions for so long that finally women are getting a voice these days. And now some women have that newfound, it's almost like, you don't know, when it's like the, what is it, what are they called the newfound rich or something? And they don't know what to do with their money.
2: Yeah. They just <laughs> flaunt it
1: and, and, you know, they spend it on stupid stuff. Yeah. I think some women are finding that power and they really don't know what to do with it yeah and that comes from i think almost a scarcity mindset is when women are putting other women down or they feel that sense of competitiveness towards other women because they're feeling that power but they don't really know what to do about it yeah and they feel like you know if i don't put other people down then i might lose my position i might lose my power but if there is that abundance mindset where we want to lift each other up and the, you're better, then I'm better. So why don't we we help each other out? Yeah. And and I think that's when, you know, when the world gets better. And of course, when men lift women up like exactly what you're doing, which thank you so much for doing everything you <laughs> do for women. my
0: pleasure and my honor.
1: Yeah. And it's, and you know, it's, I hope it's catching on. I hope more men do, you know, what you do. You know, it's essentially is, you feel that sense of empowerment you feel that sense of abundance in your life and therefore you are able to go out and lift other people up lift more people up and feel the happiness the abundance that you feel in your life and i find you know when people try to and i used to do this as as a woman as a woman is you know i i felt that sense of scarcity i yeah. felt that sense of competitiveness so i was i mean i would say you know i i was talking bad stuff about other women because I felt a sense of threat. I felt jealousy, but now, you know, I'm a different position in life and I feel that was because that I felt so insecure about my position yeah. in society and the professions that I worked in. And I think, you know, hate or jealousy or fear will not breed love. Only love will always breed love. So, yeah. yeah so, I, and I think, you know, I think as women find more and more, power, empowerment, and comfort and security and, and start learning how to use their power and exercise their power in a very healthy and supportive way. I think more women will, will become more supportive of each other.
0: For sure. Community over competition. I love that you've exactly. mentioned mindset so much because that is truly a huge, huge piece of this puzzle. That's That's one of the biggest parts, if not the biggest part of it, being able to shift your mindset around that competition mindset and getting rid of those old belief systems and all of that stuff. I I think it's incredible. I think that we as men, too, need to show women that we are allies and we support mm-hmm. and stand beside them in what they're doing because men have kept women down for so long.
2: Totally. It's
0: time that we start standing up and showing women that, you know what, we support you, we stand behind you, we are your allies, we're not enemies.
1: Mm-hmm. Most definitely.
0: It's so important. So Deanna, with you being a serial entrepreneur yourself, what are your thoughts on this shift in mindset and how do women continue to push through and continue to break down these ridiculous barriers and these ways of thinking so that women can continue to excel and continue to push forward with shifting around this whole getting rid of this old boys club mentality?
1: I think I think this is a great question. Also, you know, it's a hard question. I think I think you know all of us need to start tapping into our own inner knowing. You know, the innocence and the pure unconditional love that we were born with. And and I think you know as society, as we get older, live longer, we develop that shell and we start being very protective of ourselves, and we start looking outwards, you know, towards other people. And you mentioned earlier is, you know, men start need to start shifting and start really being more supportive of women. And I think how this started was because men were fearful of women's power. And I don't don't think they understood how women can be allies, how women can be supportive or even you know be at the same level as men and i think that's especially when men start going what is it the industrial revolution when yeah and correct me if i'm wrong i'm not good with, with recent history i'm very good with like
2: ancient <laughs> history
1: when men start going to work and women start staying home and and i think that's when that role that division in the general, start happening more and more and more. But I, I think what you know, people really need to start tapping into is their own inner knowing and, and understanding what their true power is. And for men, certain men want to stay home. And there's, again, that stigma with their housewives and their house husbands, I guess they're called.
0: Yeah, house husbands, yep.
1: <laughs> and, and they're judged because they're like, oh, men should go to work, women should stay home. And poor men, if they want to stay home, they should have the right to stay home. Yeah, so there's but... always that gender inequality going on and there's that, you know, expectation. But if we start minding our own business, start <laughs> tapping into our own true power rather than listening to what society tells us what's supposed to go on or what's supposed to happen, then we really find that inner power within ourselves. And we start looking at other people, looking at society in a very different way. And we're more than willing to support others when we're confident in ourselves and if we're yeah totally and if we're you know willing to look into our intergenerational trauma into our own personal trauma and reprogram those false thought processes and false programming then we're more than likely to start you know owning our own power being a lot more authentic and you know we would never be jealous of someone who's we perceive as not as, as good as us. We're only yeah. jealous of people who are better than us.
0: Yeah. I like that you mentioned the conditioning though when men feeling that they can't stay at home and i think that that is a huge part of our conditioning as when we're brought up as boys that mm-hmm. you know men are are strong and men are stronger than women and men are the ones who need to support the family protect the women and all of this shit things totally. have changed so drastically i mean we got to get with the times here this this is <laughs> it totally. just boggles my mind that this caveman mentality <laughs> is still around like come on wake up people yeah totally most definitely
1: you're absolutely right
0: now, you had mentioned that you grew up taking part in competitive swimming you're very involved in sports how would you say those skill sets and the lessons you've learned as an athlete transferred over and helped you in your career as a serial entrepreneur
1: I mean a great question and, and I mean you ask so many really amazing questions <laughs> I think part of it is my upbringing, and also, you know, just as a swimmer, you had—I mean, as any sort, any athlete, right? It's you had to do the same thing over and over again. So you had to just put your head down and work, and you had to just do it over and over again. So that repetition. And the willingness to just keep going the tenacity I think is one thing that was really important in terms of transferring that skill over to what I currently do but also reflect so you know in swimming in any sport is not like you do the same thing over and over again you have to reflect on what you did you look at videos of your your strokes and what worked what didn't if it didn't work how can we change it so that reflection piece I think plays a huge role in, you know, what, whether it's running a business, whether it's, you know, how you live your life has been really helpful. And another thing I'd say is I, con- I contributed to my, I'm not really big into Zodiac signs, but I was contributed to my Zodiac sign. I'm a Taurus. Okay. So the biggest thing people know about Taurus is, is, is the stubbornness. like I'm really stubborn so yeah I think I think stubbornness you know if you use it the right way can be very beneficial Okay. Yeah, totally. I would say like stubbornness. But also, I would say one more thing is that knowing how to take criticism, not taking it personally, but rather using it to your advantage and really learn from them and take that criticism and know how you can continue to improve with feedback. I think that's another huge thing.
0: Love it. Mm-hmm. Vienna. what drives, motivates and inspires you to keep going and keep pushing and excelling at all that you do?
1: This might sound silly. The biggest thing that I I keep telling myself on a daily basis is there's no going back. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds so silly.
0: No, Um, it's true, though.
1: And yeah, because I sometimes think about, you know, the things that I've accomplished in my 20s i'm 32 right now and when i was in my 20s i did a lot of stuff i met a lot of people i did a lot of stuff i traveled a lot and then now you know there are days when i feel a little bit down and i'm like ah, oh, you know it's so much easier to just do nothing and you know those those thoughts come up in my head sometimes and sometimes this little voice just comes on and says we can't go back you got to keep going where are you gonna go backwards uh <laughs> <laughs> I think in really weird ways and that little is a very loving and kind voice but it's, it is almost like it chirps me sometimes like where you, where do you think you're going to go and but as part of it is you know I have a lot of really inspirational friends and really inspirational people around me who are constantly going you know getting better driving themselves forward and, and constantly finding inspiration around themselves and it's you know really finding what really inspires you and is supportive of your mission and help you continue to to live your purpose in life. And I think that's huge. And what's that saying? You know, you are who you surround yourself with. We're yes. the five people that you surround yourself with. Yeah. yeah, so absolutely true, for sure.
0: What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful?
1: I think is being <laughs> being blunt. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been different as you know, wherever I I went, like whatever jobs I worked at, I've always been that weird odd one out, whether the way I looked, the way I talked. And when I moved to Canada, I didn't speak a word of English. And you know, I it was very uncomfortable for me. So I was born and raised in China and I even felt different when I was in China, and then when I moved to Canada, I was of course very different. I didn't speak the language, I didn't look, the, you know, the look, the part. I didn't, I didn't fit in in any way. And I think as I got older, I think I embraced that a lot more and used it to my advantage in terms of being able to be my authentic self. And, and really speak my mind whenever I could in a way that obviously is from a loving and compassionate, empathetic place and not be able to, not, not be afraid to stand out. And even when I was in school, people looked at me different because I mean, I don't look like a doctor. Let's just be honest here. <laughs> and, and people look at me, and they're like, you're a doctor? What are you talking about? And that's okay. <laughs> and you know, we're all about breaking social norms here and I'm all about that. If I don't look like a doctor, great. I don't want to look like a boring person with glasses wearing a lab coat. No. (laughs) i want to be a fun person that you want to party with i want to be a very knowledgeable person that you want to come up to me when you have a question i want to be the best friend that you've ever had i want to be that person that you know you want to cry to when you have a a problem i want to be that person next door that you can just be like hey do you want to go grab dinner you know i I don't want to be someone who i'm not so and i think that's something that society is really lacking is oh you look like an accountant Oh, you look like an astronaut. Like what does an astronaut look like?
0: Yeah. Oh, what does a doctor look like? Like who's to say what a doctor looks like? I mean, exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I, yeah, I, I think it's just (laughs) having thick skin and, (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And just not be afraid to to show my true colors in any situation. I think that's that would be my unique skill set. All
0: right. If I that's like
1: considered it. my unique skill set. Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: Being authentically <laughs> you, absolutely. No one else is you.
1: Exactly, most definitely. And I mean you've interviewed so many people and every single person's unique and different yeah. and yeah, and we just gotta embrace it.
0: That's it. Mm. So speaking of success, Deanna, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you?
1: Success to me is when you are at peace with yourself. Is when you feel that, you know, you are completely happy with exactly who you are and you are not afraid of other people's judgment. You're not afraid of standards other people have set for The general population. I think, you know, when you're truly happy and at peace with yourself, I think that's success for me, for sure.
0: What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after you learned it?
1: I think it's, I mean, I think that's a really an amazing question. I think it's, you know, something that everyone... Really needs to embrace is understanding that control and validation are the two things that we seek the most in life from an external source, but those are the two things that we were born with. And when I, I learned that the hard way, because I was the person who constantly seeked validation from other people, I was that person who constantly tried to find control from an external source. And I suffer from anxiety, I suffered depression because I felt like I was out of control. I felt like I had absolutely no control over my environment and because I was looking in all the wrong places. And we were born with control, we are born with, with validation. You know, if we give ourselves unconditional love, we can find control with, within ourselves, we can find validation within ourselves. And that will give us a lot more peace, give us a lot more clarity, And really help us filter through the noise and really be able to find that intuition that we were born with. So to answer the second part of your question is, you know, after I learned it, you know, in life, which is actually fairly recently, there's a lot less emotional ups and downs, less mood swings, less sad periods. And my external environment no longer determined how my day was going to go and how i see myself as a human and because it didn't matter what was happening outside of me all it mattered is that i have a solid understanding of my values who i am as a person so it doesn't matter what other people said to me it doesn't matter what was going on outside of me i'm confident in me as a human i'm confident in what i you know offer to the world and that's all it mattered so i I would say that's what changed after after I learned that, yeah yeah, for sure, but
0: it's, it's a hard lesson to learn it's not easy
1: no, and especially with in these days right this day and age with social media, oh man it's I don't know I honestly I feel really bad, but at the same time, I think it's gonna really bring out the the best and the worst in a lot of people is. How teenagers, how kids are really living through this period right now, because that's all they know is social media, their iPads, the Internet and all that. And this constant bombardment of external validation. If you don't get that validation, you know, you get a dip in mood, that dopamine hit doesn't kick in. So, yeah, I think it'd be really interesting to see how the teenagers and the kids these days grow up to be adults later on.
0: For sure. For sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Who in your life, Deanna, has had the biggest impact on you, and why?
1: Can I say more than one person? Sure.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think both my parents and my boyfriend. My parents, because my mom taught me, you know, unconditional love and what unconditional kindness and and love and care can do for other people. My mom honestly is one of the most caring, loving person that I've ever met in my life. And she's just so unconditional with her love and she never expects it, expects anything back. And, you know, so she's just so kind and loving and, but to the point where she put her own happiness at stake. So that's when I learned to be harder and to set boundaries, you know, personal boundaries at the amount of energy I give people. So be very selective of people. So she taught me unconditional love, but also she taught me boundary setting. And whereas my dad is, you know, he taught me how to be rational with things. He taught me to be calm and not let emotions drive my behavior. So, you know, if something hard is happening. Take a break, pause, pause. And then go forward rather than letting my emotions drive me, you know, thinking about the bigger picture rather than being so narrow sighted or short sighted, and allow my emotions to drive me in that moment. And whereas my boyfriend, again, one of the most and I'm so honestly so blessed to have so many amazing people in my life. My boyfriend is one of the most compassionate, loving, understanding people in my life. And he's just so unconditional with his love. And before I met him, I was like, I didn't think people like this exist. And I keep telling you <laughs> like, I didn't think people like you exist. You know, he has the best parents mm-hmm. and they're so loving, so kind. And my boyfriend's really taught me another thing that's really important for, you know, entrepreneurs, for everybody in this world is the importance of building relationships. It's so important for us to build relationships and not burn bridges and not be so I'm I'm so quick tempered as as a person. And I I used to be much, much worse. And, you know, on top of that, with my bluntness, you can like a, a firecracker <laughs> in the worst way. So he's really calmed me down. You know, he's really, really taught me how to really take my time. And build relationships, high quality relationships. Never burn bridges, and really approach every single situation with love, with kindness, and really still be really kind with shitty people, but them still with protect kindness. my own energy. Exactly, but still protect my own own energy, course, which I absolutely. didn't know how to do before.
2: Yeah,
1: he didn't teach me; he showed me without even trying. So, yeah, he's just honestly godsend, godsend. Beautiful, for, <laughs> for sure. beautiful. Yeah. I
0: love it. I love it. It's so beautiful. Deanna, what does the word empowerment mean to you?
1: I think empowerment is know your power Mm -hmm. and not be afraid to use it. And we've talked about this, you know, a few times before is how society expects different, have different expectations Yeah, about different genders, professions, ages, even. So and I think, you know, empowerment is knowing your true power and not be afraid to use it to your own benefit and also to the benefit of humanity. And when you live that empowerment, when you live your own power and be able to show your true authentic self, you inspire other people to live that. And you start treading into uncomfortable situations, treading into the unknown so you can fail and grow from there and then, you know, really inspire others to do the same. I think that's what, exactly. And, you know, you can fail so other people don't make the same mistakes as you. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. then other people make their mistakes. You look at their mistakes and learn from that. Yeah. So I think empowerment is that interaction, that connection that we have with each other, whether that's energetically, experience-wise, or that physical connection we, ha- we have with other people.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay.
1: Okay. I'll be quick and I'll be (laughs) (laughs) like,
0: what is the first thing you think of when I say the word future? Connection. How would you describe yourself in one word? Odd. (laughs) (laughs) In a good way. I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's the first thing you notice about a person?
1: their eyes
0: if you could teach the world one thing what would it be
1: be kind to another but be selective with who you share your energy with
0: what's one thing you want but cannot buy with money
1: i think empathy as much empathy as as i can get yeah (laughs) yeah
0: if you could change one thing about the world what would you change
1: This is going to sound really weird. I hope that, I love animals, so I really hope humans and animals can reverse roles so humans can experience the suffering that humans have put on animals.
0: It really is sad what the human race has done to Mm -hmm. animals, domestic and animals in the wild, both.
1: Most definitely. I think it sounds a little odd and and cruel, but yes, I really wish so. I think it's great. Yeah, I really wish that. Mm -hmm.
0: What is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books?
1: especially for women. So there's this book called Women Who Run With the Wolves. I don't know if you've heard of it. It basically tells, you know, different tales, different stories on women's true power, the wild side in women. Highly, highly recommended.
0: Entrepreneur life is?
1: A reflection of life.
0: (laughs) I love that. I have never heard anyone give that answer. I love that answer. That is one of the best answers I've ever heard.
1: Great, I'm. Uh, I I'm honored. I, you because you've interviewed a lot of people, so I'm honored. Thank I love
0: you. that answer, Diana. <laughs> if you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be?
1: Non permanence.
0: Hmm, I like it. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Beautiful, <laughs> I love it. Diana, what's your personal motto?
1: Everything's figure outable.
0: Uh, Marie Forleo.
1: <laughs> oh, is that hers?
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it. Oh, I think yeah, she wrote know. a book. That's the title of one of her books.
1: Okay, I probably should start following her. I actually don't really follow her. I know I know of her. I, <laughs> yeah, that
0: that's one of her books.
1: Oh, damn. Okay, well then. I love it uh, though. I think
0: it's great. You're right though. It is. Everything is figure outable.
1: I was going to say I need to change my personal motto to something unique like me, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's Just a good kidding. personal motto. I like it. That works.
1: Yeah, I I love it. I it's it's so true, right? It's so yep, true. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, you,
0: if you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it and what would it say?
1: I would say we're all the same, and what you project out, you'll eventually receive back.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. And where would you put that, though? Where would you put the billboard? Everywhere. Everywhere? <laughs> all over the world.
1: All over the world. And I think, no. you know, it's kind of related to my understanding of karma. I don't think karma is, you know, what you, you give a pencil, you receive a pencil back type of thing where you do one, you, you kill an animal an animal will kill you back, but more so of, you know, it, the, the way I look at life is we're just a soul and a body and yeah. we've lived multiple thousands of lifetimes and it, that karma might not come back to us in the, within the same lifetime, but eventually down the road, somehow, you know, it will come back to us in one way or another. But I I think because a lot of people are so short sighted, that we think, you know, it's it's not going to come back, or it's going to come back in the same way. But it's not everything is immediate.
0: What would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur?
1: (sighs) I think it goes back to... Everything starts from within us. So yeah. the first one, I think, is self-awareness, knowing yeah. your strength and your weaknesses. So then you're confident about your values and what you deliver to the world. And the, the second one would be, you know, not be afraid to use your strengths and really be p- proud of them, flaunt yeah. them, be confident about it, because... And I think our strengths and our weaknesses are gifts that were given to us by the universe, by the gods, you know, whoever, whatever you believe in,
2: mm-hmm.
1: were given to us. And we need to deliver it to the world and make the world a better place. And the last one would be, you know, believe in yourself because no one else will love you and believe you more than you believe and love yourself and believe your strength. Be confident with your strengths and your mission And that's going to give you the drive you need, the confidence you need, the motivation and the perseverance you need when times get hard.
2: Beautiful.
0: What would you say is the most entrepreneurial thing about you?
1: Man, I think my stubbornness. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I think so. I'm just, everyone who knows me know I'm very stubborn. Okay. Uh, I think in a good
0: way, I hope. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll go with that. Yeah. (laughs) Deanna, what's one thing you wish you had known when you started your career or entrepreneurial journey?
1: Things don't happen overnight. As I mentioned, I'm very quick tempered. And I do something, I give my 100% and I expect 100% back. Um, I don't think
0: that's asking too much though.
1: Yeah, but you know, like with starting a business, with anything, right? With health and wellness, mm-hmm. with business, with, you know, working out, anything. It's a very slow process. You have to be consistent. You have to be. You have to be in the mindset to know that you have to be consistent for the long run. So when I first started, because... Of course, I have a psychology background. I have a medical background. I don't have a business background. When I started my business, I didn't know anything, like zero, about business. So for me is, you know, when I was in school... I gave it my all when I was with patients I gave it my all when I was with clients I gave it my all and I've always received very good results back whether that's you know good results from clients whether that's good results from patients so it was very much immediate gratification
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: whereas you know when I started my business I was figuring everything out on my own I hired business coaches but they kept saying you have to be consistent you have to be consistent but I was like I'm consistent I'm very consistent I give my 100% consistently why am I not getting results back consistently? Yeah so yeah definitely I think one thing is to understand that you know you have to set up solid foundations and it's a long game it's not it it, it will not happen uh, patience
0: patience patience that is key that that is definitely in my opinion one of the top three skills needed because we are as human beings I mean when I first started my business a year a year or so in I was like what the fuck? I'm nowhere near where I thought I'd be. And it was a scarcity mindset. I was a competition mindset. And I was always worried about what everyone else was doing and not happy with where I was in my journey. And you have to be patient with yourself. You have to learn patience. That is such an integral piece of the entrepreneurial puzzle for sure.
1: Totally. Yeah. Thank you for adding that most definitely. And I can completely relate. And and like you said, you know, within the first year, you're like, I'm not where I want to be, yeah. where I sh- where I think I should be. Yeah. And I was comparing myself with other people. Yeah. It's like, well, why are they doing so amazing within the yeah. first year? And they're not even in the same industry.
0: Yeah. Someone told <laughs> yeah. me today, actually, I, I was interviewing a woman just before our interview, and she said, mm-hmm. we we're talking about mindset and competition mindset. She said, don't compare someone else's 10th season to your second season. Exactly. Right.
1: Exactly. So.
0: Yeah. For sure. Deanna, what do you do to keep yourself inspired every day and to inspire others?
1: Gratitude. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: That's an important lesson for sure.
1: Very much so. I grew up as a person who is very bitter. <laughs> <laughs> and You're um, being
0: very honest. This is great. I love it. I'm very and honest. very vulnerable.
1: I used to think that I needed to... to portray, you know, have this, you know, image, I guess, of uh, having a perfect life, being a perfect person. But that was like tiring. It's (laughs) so much easier, to be honest. Yeah, I I was this bitter person. I hated people, Mm -hmm. because I only saw the worst in people, you know, and people didn't really want to be close to me. And I burned so many bridges. But what really turned around for me was, you know, really starting to find the goodness in everything and everyone and that was life changing for me. You know, the simple act of waking up every single morning and just be grateful for waking up in the morning and having, you know, a very functional body, a body that allows me to do whatever I want to do and be grateful for all the amazing people that I've attracted into my life. I think it's so important and and that inspires me and of course, you know, with more gratitude, you attract more things that you want to be grateful for and all the amazing people again who are in my life and inspire me? So, definitely, it's you know gratitude and and all the amazing humans and souls that have come into my life
0: for sure. Gratitude is something we should all practice daily. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree with that
1: totally and even let me just add really quickly sure. is and you know this is something that i think it's going to be helpful for people as well as and this is something that i found recently that i start doing myself and start you know telling other people to do is when you're grateful for something don't just say you know i'm grateful for my body tell yourself why you're grateful for it because yeah. when we start saying why we're grateful it not only allows you to think of the gratitude you know, more times, once or twice more, but you also intensify that feeling. Because when we start saying, you know, I'm so grateful for this body, I'm so grateful for this body, because it allows me to work out, allows me to go for a run, it allows Mm -hmm. me to hug the people that I, I love. And then all of a sudden, you have so many more things to be grateful for again.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, you're right. That's, that's a great addition to that, for sure. Something to be Mm -hmm. mindful of, definitely
1: yeah totally
0: Deanna what does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it
1: I say truly happy with myself in my body in my life the people that I surround myself with no matter what the situation is whether it's a good day a bad day you know with good people or bad people just truly be happy and be confident in my life and living in the present but you know reflecting on the past learning from the past And not allowing the anxiety of the future or thinking about what's going to happen in the future. But rather understanding that the present is all I have and understand that, you know, everything I do right now contributes to the the future version of myself or rather, you know, continue to be the best version of myself. I think that's something that I continue to strive towards and and also give more, continue to give more than I take and produce more than I consume. I think that would be the ideal version of my future. There you go. That's it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be?
1: I think it's the common theme that, you know, we've been talking about is really focus on building relationships with people and always, always be authentic, but in a way that's loving towards others. And, of course, you know, being a person I mentioned before is I was not the was not the the most understanding and the not the most patient person in the past and so that building relationship piece really i learned it the hard way and yeah most definitely build relationships and always always be yourself because there's no point you know having a fake facade on and and attract a bunch of people that don't jive with your energy so authenticity goes a long way and it will it will attract the right people into your life
0: yeah. Lastly, Deanna, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last thirty seconds sound like? What would you say to people?
1: Are you gonna time me for this? One?
0: No, no, I'm no. I
1: <laughs> know, yeah. I'm just kidding. You're <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I would say, you know, every single person has the power to change the trajectory of the world, and that starts within every single one of us. And everything we need. We have it within ourselves. So whether that's love, validation, control, those are things that we already have, but we constantly sacrifice our own happiness to search for those things from the external world and how we choose to live our lives, whether that's, you know, viewing ourselves and treating others. Those have a direct impact on the direction of our lives, our personal lives, and also the people around us. So as individuals, it's really important for us to take the time to learn about ourselves and our purpose, but in the absence of the ego, that's always, you know, clouding our vision and really connect and be friends with our true selves and not be afraid to connect with our true selves and be able to show our true selves to the world and continue to show up as our authentic selves so we can continue to live that you know the true happiness and fulfilled life that we deserve and also fulfill our purpose in this life so we can continue to make this world a better place
0: beautifully said Awesome. Deanna, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us. You are truly an incredibly inspirational and beautiful soul. I so appreciate you taking the time and I'm so grateful for you and so happy to have had the honor to sit down and chat with you and learn more about who you are and what you do. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today.
1: Thank you so much, Brad. You're so, so kind. Honestly, it's my, my honor. And thank you so much for everything you do in life and also, you know, for, for women in general. So thank you. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate you. It is
0: my honor and my pleasure. (laughs) Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast today. My guest has been Deanna Rose She is the owner and founder of Wealth by Deanna Rose Incorporated. Thanks, Deanna. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day.
1: Thank you. You as well, Brad.
0: Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.